Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Ripe Reviews. I'm Joel Lascola. I'm Sean Rourke. I'm Connor. They call me Mr. Fear Street McGraw. And we're back to talk about part two in the Fear Street trilogy. Uh, 1978, guys. So, uh... You know the deal. We're going to we're going to give you a little bit of a spoiler-free review and then we're going to jump into those spoilers. So uh what everybody think of this so far is the part 2 to the to the 3 arc uh series here. Uh this is I liked just as much as the first one. <laughs> you think so? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. I liked it more. You liked it more? Uh, I'm not sure if I liked it as well as I did uh, the, the first one. Okay, I will say this one is pulling a few punches, but I think I understand why. Pulling punches in terms... The first one was very aggressive in terms of, like, we're going to cut this person's head off in front of your face. Yes. And this one, there's a lot of cutaways, but also because some of the some of the victims are, like, children that's why they do it exactly and i was like meh i can live with that and i and i would have substituted like there's a few things in this where i would have substituted uh some older um people to 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 do the uh to 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 deliver the goods if you will sure no i i I get that yeah um it's good i i liked it i did not like it um I wasn't as enthusiastic as I was about the first one, and I thought I would be more enthusiastic towards this one. It wasn't bad. Do not get me wrong. I had a good time. At sometimes, it feels like it's just trying to get to the to the thing. In in a few spots, for sure, especially towards the end. There's a lot of great throwbacks in this. I mean, we get a little bit of Friday the 13th. We get a little bit of uh, Sleepaway Camp. We got a lot of Friday the 13th yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Mostly Friday the 13th. Oh, dude, there's a lot of Sleepaway Camp, too, like straight up. Yeah, that was the one that I went to next after Friday. Little egregious. In I think it's even more egregious in this one with the music than it was in the first one, in my opinion. I mean, I think I even said this on the last one, but it really didn't bother me at all. I thought the music was fine. I feel like it made sense. Like, they're at a camp. Of course, they're blasting music. So, the music in this movie, I think we're going to get into it when we get spoilers. The music in this movie is far more telling and is used more to set something up sure i wish i was paying attention to it more (laughs) because it really gives some shit away huh i i think in my opinion i like like i wish that they used other songs from the 70s than ones that we've heard recently okay this is more there's disproportionately of songs from one particular artist because of something that happens at the end it's like partially once upon a time in hollywood and it's like partially fucking guardians of the galaxy and i'm like you could have picked other fucking songs that represented 78 better i guess is what i'm saying and weirdly enough it's partially metal gear solid 5 and there you go Part of it, too, is, you know, I'm not trying to, like, give it any excuses here. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you know, this obviously is directed at horror fans in general. But most of it is aimed at, you know, younger adults. uh, Much like, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Riverdale. Right. uh, Stranger Things, even. Um, Not trying to say that that takes away, you know, I I don't say that in a positive or negative. Like, you know, obviously everyone's going to come at me saying that from a different angle. Like some people hear that and say, well, fuck this. Other people like, oh, oh, that's kind of my bag. Because I've been seeing a ton of mixed reviews on this online. Like, I mean, it sounds like we all have a little bit different of an opinion. But I see some people that are like super high on this and some people that are like worst thing I ever saw, which 
I don't really get that personally, but that's ridiculous. I here's I'm going to challenge anyone who says this is the worst thing I ever saw in anything because I'm like of everything you've ever seen. <laughs> right. This is the worst thing. <laughs> I'm over exaggerating a, yeah. a bit here, but uh I also think that's why we're a little bit more optimistic about this series because of sure. all the shit that we've <laughs> actually watched and it's like motherfucker, you need to watch more movies. That's my thing with people who say like I saw someone say Inception was the worst movie they've ever seen. I'm like, you have no perspective. No. Okay. At all. <laughs> Just shut up. Shut up. Was it my dad? <laughs> no, it was also I think the same person said Up was also one of the worst movies I've ever saw. I was like, you I'm like, you have no soul or perception or perspective. Oh my goodness. Up is one of the most heartbreaking films I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, what one thing I do want to mention though that I don't think is really spoiler territory. Sure. Um I feel like we don't really it's going to be hard to really rate this until we get the full picture mm. because the first movie, I will say this, even though I didn't like it as much as this one, it's it's a complete story minus the last five minutes. Um, and then this one, yeah, like most of it is its own thing, but if you don't have the knowledge from the first one, a lot of things that happen will fucking throw you for a loop because it's depending on you knowing details from that first movie what, which is kind of the point, but it does it doesn't stand on its own as well. It's a it's aggressively a prequel. That's well, the thing. Yes, and but I also disagree in terms of like I think this. If I hadn't seen the first one and I watched 1978 first, right? Um, I think it encapsulates itself well, just like the first one encapsulates itself well. However, you have those bookend fucking scenes, so yeah. you know. As far as the meat and potatoes of uh, the actual film itself, I think it's fine. I think it could have been better, to be perfectly honest. Um, it could have really went ham on some of those uh, tropes. We got a lot of fucking tropes in that fucking 90s one. And we got some here, too, especially with, like, how the kids treat each other and the and the and and all that, oh which we'll go God. into. I, I can't wait to talk about, what is it, uh, Sunny Dalers? You bunch of fucking sociopaths. What the fuck? Well, yeah, no, straight up. <laughs> and maybe it was the headspace I was in, but, like, it was just okay. It's a good time. I think it's a fine sequel. The way that it's told and from what perspective, which we'll get into... I think, I don't know if the word cheapens is correct, but it, it's definitely odd, right? Um, Well, we got swerved, but I liked it. We I got swerved. It Didn't and, we, and like, though? I, I didn't feel like I was swerved at all. I felt like I kind of knew what was happening the whole time. We got swerved because we were shown a highlight reel of something, and we went, oh, how dare you? We, we, were, we were mad they showed oh, us that. Oh, right, at the end there. But, yeah. you know, I will say I complained about that on our last episode, how they showed a preview. And then after watching it, it was like, okay, no, they're not showing. You're right, Connor. We did get swerved in that respect. So then I did watch the preview for the, the third one. And I'm actually kind of glad I did because it kind of showed a lot of things I didn't even realize that they were going to do that I, 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 in theory, like. I guess we'll see how it pans out. Um, we'll talk about that at the end, I guess. There's some really cool shit that happens in this. I, I, I expected a little bit more. I think I had, I think, you know what it was? I had super high expectations with this in the first one we did, I didn't have any expectations and totally enjoyed it, and my expectations raised for this one, and I think I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but that's just me. You know what I think affects that? The fact that it was a week. It was a week later. Yeah, maybe. Which, on one hand, is like, it could dampen your expectations, it could kind of mess them, but this, on the other hand, I was like, we're getting three yeah. feature-length horror films back-to-back-to-back to back to back 
from Netflix that are all of like theatrical quality. Oh no, no, that's fucking rad, dude. And I yeah. think like I think like in retrospect, when I go back to if and when I go back to this, I think I'm I think I'll have a a better time with it. I just yeah, it, it was just the way that it shook out kind of this week. Yeah, and we're also we're coming at them first and foremost like because we're gonna talk about them. Yeah. So like. I think when I've gone back to rewatch movies we've watched, like, uh, I think I, I watch Re- Equilibrium every once in a while. Yeah. And, like, when we watched Equilibrium, I was like, well, I, well, you know, this is better than I thought it was. When I watched it again, I was like, no, I, I love this movie. Like, <laughs> well, we're being critical <laughs> is what it exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and very, uh, 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 we're examining it. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. And, and once you put it under a microscope, you can find all the flaws. But for the general moviegoer, you don't even fucking notice that sh- kind of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And, to, and this will make you both happy, or at least make you laugh. Uh, upon re- revisiting Bunraku, I was like, this is some silly shit. <laughs> fucking yeah, fun. Yeah. You hear that, Rudy Real? Get rid of all 25 fucking copies, young, because the movie sucks. No, give them to me. I want them. You can't sway me on that, and I respect your opinion, but fuck that movie. <laughs> I, I still like it, but I was like, man, this is some dumb shit. Woody Harrelson. So you guys want to talk spoilers? Yeah, let us get in spoilers. Yeah, so uh, Freddy was in hell for a while, and then he found Jason Voorhees, and he was like, go kill everybody on Elm Street. Hold on, hold on <laughs> a second. <laughs> if y'all haven't fucking seen Fear Street Part 2 1978, hit pause, go watch the fucking thing, and come back. We'll be right here if you don't give a shit. Here we go. Spoilers. Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> You said that on the last one. No, I didn't. I said he was the guy on the floor the whole time. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, Saul, remember. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So, obviously, like the first one, it follows that idea that somebody gets possessed and kills people. We kind of already knew that going into it, that it right. was going to be this, what is it called? The Night's Wing? What the hell is this? Nightwing. Camp, Camp Nightwing. Yep. Nightwing. Uh, killer. The Jason Killer of this series, basically. Right out in front, I just want to. I just want to know why the fuck we have different high schools. Why are we? Why do we have a camp that has both kids from? Uh, what is it? Sunny Shady, Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale, and Shadyside. Sunnyvale and Shadyside. Why are they hanging out at the same camp together? Ask R. L. Stein. <laughs> Not only they hang at the same camp together, but there's one adult. And she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking up, before we get away from that, I just want to comment on that. The nurse. Uh, oh, we, I didn't notice this in the first one. I don't think anybody did unless you were fucking sitting there with a notebook writing it down line for line. Uh, but Mrs. Lane, she's actually in the first one in a real throwaway scene. Um, she's the neighbor of, uh, Kate, the cheerleader who gets her head put through a fucking bread cutter. Well, no, that's... No, that's her. I looked it up. I'm telling you right now. It's not? No, no. We we had that wrong last time. It's Mrs. Lane because she made... Is it really? Yeah, because I rewatched the scene that she's in from the first one after I looked it up. Oh, fuck me. Sorry. I thought it was Ziggy. Oh, no, no. Because Kate gives uh, the two kids she's babysitting, which, based on the way this one ends with the preview, I think those characters are going to be in the 1666. Um... She says, oh, yeah, it's okay, I'll watch kids. I used to be a nurse. Oh, my fault. I thought, I, I man, fuck me. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was Ziggy. My bad. No, you're good. So, since you're addressing her as Ziggy, like, right away, let's just, I'm gonna get into that right away. Oh, so, yeah, Sadie Sink. I thought she was great in this. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, they go to, the movie opens up with C. Berman at her house. So, we, we call her C. Berman, and we're under the impression that it's Cindy Berman the entire yes. time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who lives, like, 
who's got uh, uh, Sigvalt's, uh, Sigvaltson's uh, fucking <laughs> wall of clocks behind her, um, who lives her life in a basically a paranoia box. Yes. She's got a dog named Major Tom. She listens to David Bowie, um, which should be clues, considering that when we meet somebody, they call her Ziggy. Um, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust, yes. Um, See, I don't know. I was kind of immediately like, oh, okay, this is Sadie Sink. I never even thought for one solitary second that it was the older sister. Oh, no, I, I thought it was I thought it was her as well, Sean. Also, the just real quick, the kids that are watching this have no idea who the fuck David Bowie is, I don't think. Maybe. Yeah, I love that her dog's name is Major Tom. Yeah, um, it's it's cute. I, I do love this whole, like, alarm clock thing she has set up, and they kind of show that it's been 5,900 days since she basically survived this this event. 5,900 minutes. <laughs> and, and, and I do like the wraparound on this, actually, where... You know, the characters from the first movie come in and they bring Sam, who's possessed, like we like at the end of the last one, like we need your help. And basically the whole middle, the whole actual movie is her recounting the events uh, to the two main characters. Yeah. So just to catch you up to speed, I know that uh, if you guys have watched uh, 1994, you know that it ends with um, the chickadee getting possessed by the witch and she gets wrapped up in a phone cord and then it just kind of ends. By the way, that's the strongest phone cord I've ever seen because... Yeah. Those 90s uh, phone cords, man. She hogties Sam in that phone cord and she cannot move. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... So she's recounting her, you know, they, they go to see her and because she had called them and called them back and was like, hey, you're fucked. Like, no, you, you know, just because you stopped her heart or whatever, uh, the witch is still going to come after you. And we saw the witch is alive and well in her little abode. And then uh, and then she's like, yeah, come in here. I'm going to tell you about the story when my fucking sister died at camp uh, and we found the witch stuff. So we so bam, 1978. Here we are. And um Man, this opens up with, like, the chick from Stranger Things getting fucking, like, clotheslined by this dude. And I was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. This fucking bitch who's leading this pack of fucking kids, like Judy from fucking Sleepaway Camp, ends up, like, stringing up, stringing her up. Her name's Ziggy, by the way. I can't can't remember her name from Stranger Things. What's her name in real life? Uh, Sadie Sig. Sadie Sig gets strung up to a fucking tree, and fucking Judy's like, oh, you stole my $10, and we're gonna fucking kill you, whatever. We're gonna light you on fire. She fucking lights this bitch, and she fucking burns this chick's arm and shit. I'm like, this is some- It's also broad daylight. It's like noon. There's not a single grown to be found. Well, they keep keep calling her the witch, because it's the whole thing with Sarah Fear, the witch. I don't know if we elaborated in the last episode, but like- Sarah Fear is the witch, and like that's you know Fear is on the 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 uh, the lock for the chain that she fucking died. So Fear Street, but it's F E I R. Yeah, we talked about that because I compared it to uh, being Mr. Freeze and having yeah. it spelled like F I R E A E Z I E. Um, but she she believes in the witch if I remember correctly, but her sister doesn't. She thinks it's all like bullshit. Her sister Cindy, who is the most straight laced, um, uptight. <laughs> Barring an annoying uh, <laughs> do-gooder you've ever met. Well, un- until we find out that it's a facade. I don't know. I was into it. Is she related to Paul Rudd? 
Her last name's Rudd. Could be. Anyway. I did like that wrinkle, though, to her character, because, like, the first half of the movie, or at least the first third, you're kind of set up, all right, kind of like Connor was just joking about. She's kind of like this church kind of goer, like this real, like, conservative character. And then you kind of meet, like, as you find out, I guess her former best friend, Alice, who's like this fucking punk, uh, getting fucked in the cabin is like, yeah, you used to be cool, man. Uh, I think she's just putting on, she's putting on the facade cause her fucking, cause she's a shady cider and she wants to be a sunny veiler. Right. So that's why she puts, you know, she right. fucking spent the money on a polo. You know, her mom, their mom's a fucking alcoholic. Their dad left them all this fucking shit. That's her way of coping. I suppose. I, I guess so because she wants to get out. So she, the only way out is to fucking go fuck somebody from from Sunnyvale I guess or whatever or you get hit by a bus trying to leave <laughs> right right so we have like this back and forth where like Sadie thinks she gets in trouble because even though she got tied up like she stole the money so she's got to go to nurse lane and and her and her sister's just like you know oh you're causing all these problems you're gonna get us both kicked out she's the misfit kid she's acting out because like again the dad left her mom's an alcoholic whatever she's trying to get attention what have you but she's also getting picked on and nobody's defending her she's getting abducted and nobody's defending her <laughs> these Sunnyvale motherfuckers are the worst fucking pieces of shit scumbag fucks that I wanted to jump through the TV and stab in the fucking eyes dude especially that one fucking counselor guy who fucks that uh. That other chick? Oh, the the hippie chick. Oh, uh, fuck. I can't remember. Paul? Yeah. He survives. I was kind of surprised by that. Fuck him. I hope he fucking comes back in the next one and fucking dies. Yeah, he just runs off at some point, doesn't he? He gets his fucking dick wet and just leaves. Like, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the big thing is, like, the nurse is the mother of the chick from the first one who is the haint who has the razor blades, right? Right, from the 50s. Yeah, Ruby something. Ruby, what have you. Ruby in the fucking, and the razor blade she fucking killed like eight of her friends in like the 50s or whatever and this is her mom now her mother has been trying to find out where the witch is buried because she needs to rejoin the fucking hand with the body now we talked right. about this on the previous episode and it is exactly i fucking called it guys oh yeah you did well we'll get we'll get to it at the at the end but like She's been looking for the fucking witch, so... Well, well, to put a pin on what you're saying, like, you called it that there's a reason why these bones are just fucking six inches off the ground in the in the woods. Exactly, and we were all like, we were like, why the fuck is it fucking on the side of the road, and, like, they found it or whatever? Well, here it is. So, yeah, so, anyway, she knows who the witch is, or she knows where the witch is, because she sees the name of this kid, Tommy, who's dating uh, Ziggy's sister, the, the tight-laced chick that we were just talking about, and she's like, oh, you're gonna die anyway tonight, so I'm gonna fucking kill you, so she tries to kill him, and ends up he fucking, like, kicks her into a fucking bench and, like, breaks her neck. <laughs> I thought he killed her. I thought she was dead, too. Yeah, but no, they carry her out. Back of the head, straight into a bench. So they take her away. And again, this is a ripe. I don't want to get super deep into it. But, like, uh, shit happens with, like, you know, the straight-laced chick, like, thinks she's on drugs. And she goes back to the fucking uh, the nurse's thing to find out what happened. And they end up finding, like, the journal with, like, the witch's mark and all this shit. And, like, a map of the camp. Yes. And where the nurse had, like, marked out 
places where she was uh, digging for the witch's hand to, to, to stop the curse, to reunite it with the body because all of the shit that happened with her daughter. Yeah, I, I do love this one character. He's not in it a lot because he's like the first victim. This guy, Artie. Oh, Artie, yeah. He's fucking, he's a pill popper, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Alice's boyfriend, because they find that uh, that vial that Mrs. Lane had and Cindy's like, oh, I'm going to give it to the cops. And Alice is like, what? You're going to just fucking narc. Yeah, you're going to be a narc. Because, like, that's another thing where she narked on Alice for smoking weed. And they have this bit where Artie and Alice, they take the pills. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens when they kick in. And Artie's like, ah, L141. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? For, like, 10 minutes. And then he's like, oh. Tylenol, this ain't gonna do shit. Aspirin, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do love that, like, th- the history of Shady Siders being just, like, these rampant pill poppers goes all the way back <laughs> right. to the fucking 70s. And it, and it repeats in the first one. They turn to booze and sex and drugs and, they're and you know. They're depressed and Shady and the Sunnyvalers are the most proud people of a homicide I have ever seen in my life. They're like, we're going to burn these guys just like we did that fucking witch a long time ago, man. Yeah, they are they are the rich kids that get away with anything kind of people. Um, and they know it, and they don't give a shit. The only other really like prominent character in this before we get into like the actual slaughter that goes on is uh, returning from the first one, the cop from the first one, Nick Good, is younger, and he ends up being kind of a love interest for for uh, Ziggy. Yeah, and you get that you get that tie back where he drops the note off at Ziggy's house, and it's like, oh, it's starting again, or what have you, and like that's that's the callback, right? Like the Ziggy. Uh, and the cop good, or what the fuck's his name? Nick, Nick good, good, yeah. Nick good, uh, you know, they're at the camp together. They kind of hit it off, fall in love, quote-unquote, what have you. He's a Sunny Valor, she's a Sadie Sider, and that's not okay, but he's gonna fuck her anyway, I guess. Well, it's also not okay because she's a camper and he's a counselor, and it's like, well, that's a little inappropriate. Yes and no, only because, like, he's... That's his first year, and that's her last year, so, right. like, they're about the same age. It's that, like, high school shit where you're, like, right on the cusp. Right on the cusp. I mean, probably whatever. She's probably, like, what, 17, 18, and he's, like, what? Yeah. 19 or 20? Oh, yeah. Um, But then, like, okay, so those are our main characters. Everybody else is kind of just e- either tertiary. Or, I, although, I, I will say one other character. I forget how the fuck he gets exited out of the movie, but Nick's brother, who's the fucking mayor from the first one... Does he get? Oh, is he the guy that gets hit like a bus or something? He gets like taken out on a stretcher uh, with a broken leg or some shit. I can't remember how the fuck he gets hurt because it's been a couple days since I watched it. Yeah, same here. I can't remember either. But he's the only other one. Maybe he'll come up in the next one. But uh... we haven't mentioned Thomas by name yet either. Thomas is Cindy's boyfriend, who is the kind of the subject of this big massacre. He's a sunny veiler, but he's not a piece of shit. He's he's cool as shit the first few times you hang out with him. He's fucking rad as shit. But then that fly lands on his fucking ear. All I was thinking about was Glazer from fucking uh, The Burning. I'm talking to her. <laughs> like, every time I saw this fucking guy, I was like, you look like Glazer, dude. I, I do like, because in the first movie, when uh, the guy that gets transformed into Skullface, like, 
when it happens, it's very quick. Like, there's not a lot of time between when he's, like, a normal dude and it happens. But in this, they really drag it out where Tommy's, like, sweating a ton. He's starting to, like, look, like, more down on the floor. His hair's starting to droop down. I would even say it's akin to The Conjuring 3, dude, with Guy. Like, it's very similar, especially the themes that are running through this. But to be fair, I think this was made before that. Yes. Uh, In all likelihood, yeah. And And I love when shit starts hitting the fan. So, like, they find, like, the wall with all the names on it and this is when it finally clicks and then fucking already gets it good man he you know tommy picks his fucking axe up <laughs> and like yeah. he's like whoa man whoa what, what's what's wrong and boom right in the fucking eye socket it's like what's the matter bro and he dude he gets his fucking axe in his face three fucking times and we don't cut away from a one and i was like this is great and this and this is why i was saying initially connor that i disagree with you but you made the point about the kids like getting killed off camera yeah oh no i was gonna say the people who eat it on camera eat it fucking hard. Um, the one guy later, uh, Gary, when he gets his head chopped off, I was like, whoa. I think I think some of these are, you know what? I'm, I'm going to renege a little bit because I feel like some of these are a little bit more brutal than the first one only because of like how long we hang on it. And what happens? Yeah, I mean, like, that hippie chick, when she gets it in the face later, it, like, yeah. is really kind of disturbing, the way that they frame that. The end scene is something that I've never seen before. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that, because, yeah. So they're they're in the witch's house. They end up going to the witch's house because they find the map or whatever in right. uh, the nurse's thing, and they go down there. And they end up, you know, Tommy goes crazy, he gets possessed by the witch, he kills fucking dude... And uh, straight chicken, fucking punker chick, go into the fucking labyrinth underneath the fucking <laughs> cave uh, system. Yeah, and um, and there's like a cave in or whatever. So that's how they're cut off from him, and they don't die. But but it also kind of causes him to then leave and kill everybody else. This is also true. But he was going to do that anyway. This is where we get some backstory more backstory to the witch and what's going on man we fucking we figure out okay so chickadee figure out figures out that the witch's mark is actually a map and they go to the middle of this fucking thing and there is a fucking honest to goodness fucking like black heart on the ground pumping fucking flesh mound that totally caught me off guard it's awesome i was like this is some resident evil fucking shit dude it, it was a really good way to represent that idea that she put a curse on the land in like yeah. a physical form yeah it's yes. a physical it's like cancer yeah it's exactly wow what a great way to put it with the moss the red moss which we didn't talk about yeah it's like a tumor yeah it is it's it is an actual and like you know cancer is infectious but cancer grows it metastasizes this is an infection this is some kind of like growing sore that has a that has a uh, a you know an incidental infection that comes along with it in this red moss. Yes, which I again I rewatched part of the first one just you know I I seen or two just to be like okay just to try to connect the dots and it was like oh I I guess I realized this when we watched it but I wasn't putting it together till then and it was like oh shit where the bones were it was all red moss yes the ground is sour for sure but Alice touches like this pulsating thing and she has like a horrible vision she sees all these dead people from like 1666 from 1994 it's kind of crazy from from the current timeline she sees uh, Cindy dead it's really cool I was hoping to god that they were gonna like fucking I mean obviously it's the second movie so it can't be the last one but like I was hoping that they were gonna 
like, dude, if I saw that, that is like some Pennywise shit. Like, I would oh, fucking yeah. stab that fucking beating mass of flesh. I would start stomping on it immediately. Exactly. Like, this is not good. Let's kill this fucking thing. Do not like. Do not like. <laughs> I, I do kind of love all the stuff with the uh, the bathroom, though. Again, like oh, I say, so Gar- cool. that's when Gary gets his head cut off. But they uh, they get to like the end of the cavern, yeah. And I love how they realize, oh, we're under the bathroom, and because of the red moss, yeah, right. And I and they have this whole part where Nick and uh, Ziggy play a prank on this like chick that's been bullying Ziggy all summer, and they drop like fucking, you know, they drop like centipedes and tarantulas on her. But then oh, they forget <laughs> she's in there, and the killer's on the loose. <laughs> She gets carried, which I, I, I appreciated. It was, And kinda... they say that. I, I kind of like that. Some people I, I could see would probably be like, this is, they're just talking about Stephen King. This is lame. But I'm like, I, I don't know. It's 78. This is what kids that are into horror would be talking about. Well, also, Nick's character even says, like, oh, I mean, Stephen King's so weird. Stephen King is the biggest fucking thing right now. So, of course, everyone is into it. And they, yeah, I love that because it is, it, it's an effective way of, of railing off that kind of criticism of, like, Oh, Stephen King. It's like, no, it's the, he's the biggest thing since sliced bread in that time period. Yeah. Because she's originally going to just, like, pour paint on her, and he's like, I got something better. It's also a kind of a clever way to tie that in to this without being so ham-fisted. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. But that's why they all converge back to this bathroom uh, to try to save that girl. And then, uh, of course, Tommy comes in and starts fucking cutting people's heads off. And uh, and then, uh, you know, the kills, though, again, like like you guys are talking about, there's the kid with the glasses gets killed off screen. Was Oh, that poor motherfucker, dude. Piggy gets fucking whacked. That poor shit. I felt bad for, like, the... Uh, I mean, I felt bad for him, too. But uh, those kids that were... Because uh, they're playing, like, a... Uh, 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 I don't know even what this game is, but basically you, it's like, Color Wars. Capture the flag. Okay, yeah. So it's like when you get caught, you get put, like, in jail, basically. And uh, this ends up causing a bunch of people to get killed because while, like, the people in charge, like, the head, uh, you know, people like Nick and that guy that, you know, again, that was, like, fucking that hippie chick are, are trying to round all the kids up. And then there's a bunch that are just still playing the game and don't know there's a killer on the loose. So there's a couple people, like, that get killed, like, you know, in the dark, which was, like, a little lame. But again, if they're minors, I guess I understand why from, like... Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that's like an international thing or a thing in America where you can't show that or if it's bad taste. I don't really know the logic on that. I th- I think it's a bad taste kind of thing. I think it depends on I think it's a it depends on what you're doing and how, because like yeah. um, uh, Hunger Games can show Rue get like viciously murdered by someone. Yeah. True, but it was one, that, and that's yeah, it's one. It's PG thirteen movie, so it's their shocking moment. Yeah. Uh, in this, because it's a mass murder, I don't think they can get away with showing like, like like I said, that cute with glasses are getting hacked up. Like it would just be, no. it would cross lines. Yeah. But if you're uh, Terminator, <laughs> Dark Fate, you can <laughs> shotgun a twelve year old in the chest at, tw- at close range. Shotgun a fucking child. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See ya. You must mate. Um. I, I do appreciate, though, as the more people he killed, because he just kills everyone with an axe. Yeah. He doesn't ever mix it up, because uh, he's possessed. He's not, like, you know, thinking. He's just in one mode. Kill, kill, kill. Uh, his face is constantly getting covered in blood. And I, I, I'm i of two minds of this. I liked it, because they set up in the first one, so you had to do it. But I also thought it was kind of cheesy at the same time, how he gets the mask. The sack. Yeah, and especially, yeah. like... It, it looked like a fucking mask. It didn't just look like a sack on his head. The the sack thing and one thing at the end turned me off, but I it's fine. Because, like, Ziggy, like, 
is getting attacked by him in this fucking uh, kitchen in like a fucking pantry and she like sacks him over the head and like fucking tries to strangulate him and then that's how he gets his sack, right? And then he just leaves it on. And I took that as because he's being driven by a supernatural force, he doesn't feel any need to take it off. No, it's fine. Yeah. I, I thought it was better, you know, and maybe people will assassinate me for saying this, but better than Jason randomly picking up a hockey mask and then wearing it for eight films after. Well he's also a deformed human being who's not possessed. You know what I mean? True. I think that, I think the mask thing for Jason worked better in the remake because he gets it from a guy who kind of makes fun of his appearance, I think. I mean, I'm not trying to criticize Friday the 13th too much here. I mean, it's iconic, don't get me wrong. But I but I did like this because it felt natural. It, it felt natural, but shoehorned at the same time. I don't even know like how to explain that, but yeah, it was it, fine. It felt as natural as it could be, I, in my opinion. Yeah, I also liked that it stuck around because like this, this is your very heavy-handed but very loving way of saying like oh this is totally a Friday 2 uh send off like yeah oh yeah yeah no, no sure sure but sure. i also they also i feel like a they they gave him that uh potato sack just just to really send that friday the 13th uh point across but also it's like because it's the second film and they had it on the first one they're trying to kind of in that first half hour make you think about who the killer is going to be uh and if you don't see his face it's like as soon as he put that fucking flannel on i was like it's him dude yeah (laughs) no straight up but i think that was the logic i love how i love how chickadee fucking turned face and she was like fuck this i'm not gonna be a prim proper bitch and she cuts his head off with a fucking shovel he cuts his head off with a shovel (laughs) well and that's right after alice gets killed after she's all like we're gonna go run to the fuck she finds the hand she finds the fucking hand in the in the cavern alice has a samuel L. jackson uh deep Lucy. Oh, she sure does. Motivational speech. And she's like, let's fucking do this. Turns around, acts the chest. And then Okay, so okay, so she she finds she finds the hand that we were talking about in the first in the first act. Like they have the body, but they don't have the hand and they need to reunite it, right? So they don't we don't know where the hand is. She finds the fucking hand, which is on Devil's the Satan's rock or whatever, which is in the outhouse, and then she brings it with her upstairs and then gets fucking hacked by Tommy. Well we okay, so we got an answer on this from the yep. last episode. The nosebleed. I think anytime anybody comes near this fucking thing. You get a nosebleed because that's like the witch's way of getting her minions to activate. It's like, okay, well, you might be able to put these together, but if you bleed on me, you're kind of fucked. So it's like as soon as that hand gets near Sadie's sink, she gets a nosebleed, and that reactivates, for lack of a better term, Tommy. And it it breaks out the fucking... uh, Nurse Lane's daughter, and it breaks out like that short guy with the mask, the fucking milkman, and the milkman, and they come out of the fucking uh, caverns, coming towards them. The milkman cometh, dude, because this end scene is intense. So we have to talk about how these people return, because it cuts back to the lumpy flesh in the ground. Instead of coming out of graves or coming out of nowhere, they get reformed, clothes and all, out of just like these fucking gross pulsy extremities from this fucking tumor growing out of the ground like they're not they're not human but they are like they are extensions of this fucking cancer right and i don't and i don't want to i don't want to draw too close to it but it's very resident evil-esque dude yeah it's like uroboros or fucking even resident evil fucking ate the village it is um but then we uh, we kind of this all comes together because they're trying to get to this tree to bury it. 
Uh, and, you know, they finally get there, and it just ain't gonna fucking happen, because the bones have been moved. They're gone? There's a fucking rock that says, fuck you, I got the witch's bones. There's a note that says, cat dead, details later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, witch dead, details later. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. So, like, okay, I guess we're kind of fucked. And then uh, Cindy, and I guess as they're getting, like, encroached on it, I kind of did enjoy this on a, on a a little bit of a weird level where all of the killers are walking except for Tommy. Cause even in the first one, he was the only one that ever ran. Tommy's got fucking business and he is coming at them full sprint. This scene. I don't think I've ever seen this done. And I was so into it, dude. This is traumatic. Um, yes. Yeah, Cindy attempts to do a heroic last stand and she gets like one good hit on Tommy. And then Tommy just fucking, uses the bridge of the axe to just hit her in the face. Oh, she's done. She's on the she ground. She goes down right away, and Ziggy gets not far before the mailman catches her and sticks a knife in her side. Milkman. Milkman, uh, yeah. The milkman fucking gives her the shank, dude. Yeah, milkman catches her, and so you have four killers descending on these two teenagers, and you're like, all right, so who helps them? Fucking nobody. Nobody. These two girls get absolutely trounced by these killers, and Cindy gets it. Oh, she gets it the worst. Cindy gets this fucking axe plunged into her chest like, I don't know, it had to be like, what, nine times, ten times? There's not a single cutaway. At some points, you're getting it from close up. Um, the mailman is on top of Ziggy, and he's just keeps stabbing her in the side. And at that, oh, so, so at this point, I was like, wait a minute. This is not my narrator looking at yeah. Cindy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot you said that. There's no way that you survive that. I'm like, I don't care if they they try to resuscitate you. That is 15 to 20, you know, maybe 10. Yeah, oh yeah. Axe blows to the chest. I'm like, she's dead. It's definitely her for sure. She's dead. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but even Ziggy gets fucking stabbed like so many times. I'm like, how oh, yeah. the fuck are you going to survive this? I, I guess because it's the hip and that's like, you know, it's movie magic kind of thing. I guess, dude, but there are so many extremities in that fucking region. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Or, excuse me, like, 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 uh, vital, vital points in that region, not extremities. Dude, I think her, she had to worry about her kidneys the most, um, which could make it go septic. But in terms of being, like, immediately fatal. Cindy, like, her chest cavity is destroyed. Oh, yeah, first, first shot on Cindy, oh, she's oh, done. Oh, no, she's dead. And the whole time she's getting whacked, she's, like, talking to Ziggy. And, like, yep. each, in between each hack of the fucking axe, she's like, by the way, we're together. And it's just, I don't know, like, I don't know whatever the fuck she said, but it was it was pretty fucking powerful, dude. Like, I, I was, I'd never seen something like that before, and it was fucking cool. And the thing that puts it over the top is they're reaching towards each other. Yes. That's the shot as they die is they can't quite reach each other. Yeah, they're too far away. Yeah, they can't, like, hold hands and or, or whatever and just die together. They they literally die next to each other. That's why, and this is where I'm going to kind of jump on people who say this is, you know, who are giving this a lot of, like, I think undeserved shit. Like, in slasher movies, I tend to not give a shit when some of these characters eat it, where they bite the sure. dust. Like, yeah. cause I'm Cause mostly I'm there for their demise. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, straight up. No, I would agree with you. Yeah. Which, which we do get plenty of to be fair. And in this case, and in this case, like you're saying like them reaching for each other and like the fact that Cindy tries to send Ziggy away and the fact that it becomes so hopeless so fast. I was like, this is gut wrenching and heartbreaking. And I, I am very invested in this just the same way. That, like, 
in the first one, I was convinced that those were our final four kids, and right. two of oh, them yeah. die in the worst fucking ways. Think about it this way, too. Like, Cindy died thinking her sister died, too. Like, she doesn't know that Nick comes up and fucking resuscitates her, and she gets to the hospital, and she's A-OK. She just think she dies thinking her best friend died, her best friend's boyfriend died, her boyfriend was the killer, and, and her sister's fucking dead. She's dead. It's also the thing, too, where, like, the people who deserve to die some of them didn't you know yeah i hate that like that fucking guy who fucked out that hippie chick from shady <laughs> and and the uh the shitty chick that was making fun of sadie the whole time oh yeah the fucking judy bitch she didn't fucking get her comeuppance either oh yeah she just gets away judy uh instead a bunch of a tertiary background characters got killed which again it's a slasher movie at the sure end of the day. no 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 but like people who didn't deserve it i guess and and yeah but if you zone out on that little section like it's a bunch of tertiary characters. It was also a bunch of, like, really young kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this asshole, I think his name is Paul, runs off saying, like, oh, she was dead. I just found her that way and just fucking takes off. Oh, yeah. In a towel. The fucking Bradster. Yeah, and Juman, Judy, who's human slime, takes off and lives. And, like, like, I don't know, seven or eight, like, fucking elementary school kids get axed to death. And these two sisters, you know, for all intents and purposes, die together in the fucking grass. Yeah. It's bleak as shit. And that other cocksucker in the fucking cabin or the or the mess hall or whatever leaves those kids with no light, and then they get fucking their heads cut off and dismembered or whatever. Well, he he dies too, but it's off screen. Fuck him. And I think Ar- what was his name? What was his name? Artie, the dude who dies first. That Artie was, uh, you know, Alice's boyfriend was kind of cool too. I liked him. Oh, oh yeah, 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 no, yeah. he was fine. Yeah, no. Sure. And Al- Alice, I actually felt like her and Sadie Sink, uh, uh, Ziggy, were my two favorites in this. Alice is cool. Yeah, Alice also reminded me of. Um, high school it was great <laughs> I was like man she, sign me up I'm gonna date that chick she was like a character plucked out of like Return of the Living Dead or like one of those first Friday movies that's what I'm saying she she felt like an amalgam of characters I've seen in slasher movies before where I was like that just made like young Connor go hey who are you yeah <laughs> you wanna smoke a fucking joint or what <laughs> oh you remind me of people I just was so gravitated towards uh there is one other scene I just want to talk about briefly before we, we get to the end of this um, that I did have a little bit of a problem with. Like, I liked the scene, but the end of it, I was like, all right, that was a little horse shitty. Uh, where where Ziggy and Nick are hiding in this, like, uh, like wreck area where they keep all like these, like, snakes and shit. It's a really intense scene, and I actually like it for the most part. But then, like, th- this kind of cheeses me off, and I have to call it out because I've complained about it on other movies that have, you know, slasher killers. Nick doesn't get killed. I mean, obviously, he's in the first one, so you know he's going to survive. But it's like, why doesn't Tommy cut this guy's fucking head off? Why doesn't he hit him with the axe in the head? He hits him in the fucking leg, and then he just chases Sadie. There's a couple scenes like that where I was like, come on. I mean, it's look, you can say on one hand, it's part of the fucking uh, uh, trope. But on the other, it's like, come on. Like, they would have fucking died if they were in that position. Like, you had the opportunity to write this better, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, I could understand if it was, like, after she already was, like, marked by the witch, then it's like, okay yeah right it, they're not gonna go after nick but it was like okay that was a little stupid then they had yeah then he has blinders on so they die and then uh good like resuscitates ziggy and she's alive cut back to 1994 and we're all gathered around and we're listening to this fucking story uh that this woman is telling in her house and then they're like oh my god the hand where's the hand and and we saw that it was like uh, rained into a fucking hole next to the tree where she was right. hung, and it turns out it's at the <laughs> fucking mall. Oh my god! 
I was like, this fucking... Oh, yeah, the tree was, like, transplanted. Okay, okay, this pissed me off. There's no fucking way a landowner would build a fucking mall around the hanging tree. Well, I mean, okay, if you're in the confines of this universe... I could see someone going like, you want to cut that tree down? Someone going, fuck no, are you kidding me? It's the fucking hanging tree. Build around it. But, okay, so, but you had the balls to fucking build around it? Like, what are you talking about? I, that, I'm, I'm reaching. I'm saying, like, in the, in, the, in the walls of this universe, I could see someone having a conversation. Someone going like, so do we cut it down? And someone being very, like, I wouldn't say religious, but very superstitious, going, Abs- you don't... If you take an axe to that tree, we're all dead. Like you build around it. Fine. Let's take let's take that at face value and yeah. say, fine, we're gonna build a mall around the hanging tree. The fucking hand is not nearly what? Six inches deep oh, in the it's, fucking it's, soil? It, a five year old could have found this. Yeah, like like one asshole that could have dropped his fucking I don't know what, uh 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 you know, food court, fucking dirty burger, or, like, drinking to it. Hold on, babe. My Annie Ann cinnamon sugar pretzel rolled over here. Yeah, it's just, like, right there. They run to the mall. They, they, I don't know what. They don't even drop a brick, dude. They just get inside, and, uh, and they find this fucking hand by the tree, and then they run back to the side of the road from the first fucking movie where we found the bones on the side of the road, and she puts the hand with the skeleton, the body, that's all wrapped up in the uh, uh, varsity jacket. And then uh, she gets hit with one of those visions, and it kind of ends on that. Dude, she gets time-slipped back to 1666, and then it's like a whole thing... The preview that we get is, like, all the kids are there as people, and she's the witch. You know what I mean? So, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. It looks kind of cool, uh, but we'll see how that <laughs> how that fucking shakes out, dude. Um, but, yeah. So, 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 final thoughts on this, guys. Um, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Like I said, like, being just as much as the first one. I am very excited about having slasher movies that are of this level like because one i said before i said last episode slasher movies were fucking dead um and this is supposed to come out in theaters these are all supposed to come out in theaters and i don't know somehow they got dropped on netflix which honestly i'm okay with I, I was reading that it was like the first one was filmed but then covid happened and then netflix like oh. optioned it to make the other ones yeah so man but COVID, it was supposed to come out in theaters for sure covid has done some weird things in the movie industry because that's how we got the snyder cut too uh so it's it's fun to have these movies in such a short burst, and there's something kind of novelty and charming about them because they don't have a lot of star power. They don't have any star power to begin with, first of all. And, like, their momentum seems to be written, is, is created by just people liking them and talking about them. Um, and it's kind of, it's really fun to be on board of, like, I wouldn't call it a horror movie phenomenon, but, like, a horror movie's, like, coming-of-age period where you're... You're on the you're on the train when like you're when it's really kind of establishing its profile, and um, these movies are they have flaws, but like I think they're very fun. I think they're very effective. They're very punchy, um, and I am really looking forward to the third one. And I hope this if it, if it rounds itself out as even being just okay, I think that's a big fucking step in the right direction because like I don't know, like I said. Slasher movies are dead, and the third Conjuring movie just came out, and it ain't that good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm going to agree with you, dude. And and again, uh, just to your point, like, 
I feel like this, if nobody's watching it now, I feel like in five years, people are going to be like, remember that fucking Fear Street series? It was really good. I wouldn't call it the resurgence of, of the slasher genre, but I would say it's... It, it's a step in the right direction, especially for a younger audience to get a little bit of um, an edgier uh, uh, representation, right? So, so like, you know, for young adults, I don't think they have much to go to that they could see uh, readily because it's rated R, but you can fucking pop this on Netflix. It's no big deal, and it's new. That's the thing. Like, you can watch older movies that are rated R, but... To see something contemporary like this um, and do things that harken back, to, again, to the 90s, to, to, the, to the 70s, 80s, what have you, uh, and even like we're going to see in 1666, um, to, to have that kind of uh, postmodern take on the uh, uh, classic period piece, if you will, i.e. the witch, you know, or the witch, rather. Um, I think it's I think I think I think it's unique in, in in terms of covering all those bases and kind of bringing all of those genres uh, uh, into this group of films that would not necessarily be made on their own in such a uh, effective way in my opinion like I think I think it's really lent itself to uh, like you were saying, like I think it's lent itself to um, being distributed uh, by Netflix and and streaming um, to really uh, you know to get the funding that they needed. Because like if Fear Street One came out and it came out in theaters and it bombed, we would never get a sequel. You know, no, they'd be like, oh, we're setting it up. I don't even know if Mortal Kombat's gonna give it a fucking sequel. Oh, it totally is. Oh well, fine, well, what have you? But like, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, it's an opportunity to kind of see that full vision, and I'm 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 with it, and especially to I I think I think so far it's really brought older folks from the genre, like like people who like the genre who are like older, obviously like us, and it appeals to younger people as well. But it kind of has it's the first thing I've seen in a while that really has a good mix of everything. And it works, and I'm into it, and um, I'm I'm eager to see how it wraps up, and uh, I think it's going to be a solid ass fucking trilogy, dude. Because um, I like the first one a lot, and I like this one uh pretty well. I think I, I think I need to see it again, and I, I think it'll pre I'll appreciate it more. But uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I want to add a quick anecdote to that because uh, I work with a, my my friend Tracy who loves horror movies as much as I do, and like it was constantly on the hunt for him. And I went to her, and I was like. I think the first thing I said to her, no, I put something in her timeline. I said, I said, I said, shut up, stop what you're doing, go watch Fear Street. <laughs> it's fucking it, fun. And I saw her at work, and she was like, holy shit. She's like, I had no idea what that was or what it was yeah. supposed to be, or I had no idea it was coming out. And she's like, I was so surprised. And she was like, and she's like, it felt like watching Scream all over again. I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fun. Bottom line, like period, yeah. like. Fun period. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, like I said, I like this one a lot, and uh, I liked it better than the first one, so it's definitely a ripe uh, movie for me. Um, I don't know. Again, like I think this next one, honestly, where they're they're going to be doing stuff for like they're going to be at least based on the preview, going to be having like the characters from the '94 timeline and the actors from it. 
from what I can gather from some of them from the 78 timeline, basically are the ancestors or they're playing dual roles where it's going to be, I think her name's Dina from the first one. The main character is going to be Sarah Fear, but it might be showing her as Sarah Fear and then another actress as Sarah Fear. Like, I'm really interested to see what the fuck that actually is going to be. Like, I hope I like it because I'm, I'm kind of all in at this point. Um, and I want to see how it wraps up, but, uh, this one, again, like, uh, I liked it a lot, and I still think, at least in my opinion, if you don't have that first one, there's certain elements that don't work as well, because they kind of just assume that you know some of these aspects of the plot already, like, mostly the stuff with the witch, with the hand and everything, they, they'll explain it, but they don't go deep into it. Or that you've seen the first one, yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, it is a trilogy at the end of the day. And uh, I'm curious to see how this is going to wrap up, because this one was about an hour 50, so you had about 10 minutes between the opening and the ending that was the 94, and everything else was 78, so I'm kind of curious about the runtime on this last one, uh, and how much of that's going to be 94, is it going to be 5 fucking minutes, is it going to be 10 minutes, is it going to be 20 um, and is the rest going to be 1666? Is it going to be a totally... I think the third act will be 94. It's It's got to be more, right? It's got. We have to at least have 20 to 30 minutes in 94 at the end, for sure. Right, because we still even really haven't seen this one killer with like this gas mask on they keep showing. Um, and, the kid? No, there's like another guy, another Jason-like. Oh, that drowned the chick in the lake or whatever? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a My Bloody Valentine-style killer. Gotcha, yeah, no. Fuck yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it either way, and I was reading, again, we don't know how this wraps up, so maybe it won't make any sense to do a fourth one, but I heard, you know, just reading online the other day, looking up stuff for this, that, you know, the cast and crew are all about coming back if it does well, and they want to explore, like, the Milkman more, so, hey, as long as the next one doesn't shit the bed, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm into it. Uh, side note, um, my wife told me that she read an article today that they shot the Camp Nightwing shit at the same camp that they shot Part 6 at. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> How fucking cool is that? That's so fucking rad. Yeah, part six, they didn't kill any goddamn campers. We're dead meat, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, looking forward to the next one for sure. And, yeah, I mean, check this out. And, again, obviously, as much as we're busting balls about people not liking this, people, you know, it's like we say on every episode. To each their own, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's not going to be for everybody, but there's a lot here to like. I've had a radical change of heart. Jump up your own ass and die. I'm kidding. Um, well, <laughs> but, uh, but subscribe first. I mean, folks, be a little easier around this shit. I mean, look, I'm the first one to tell you that something is not good, in my opinion, but, like, it's fine. And if you don't like it, that's also fine, but, like, don't give it shit where it's not warranted, right? Exactly. Yeah. Don't, okay, so, not to soapbox, but, like, don't be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Yeah. Don't sell something short because of a premise that, maybe sounded iffy to you on paper like you don't know until you know and you should and if you're if you care that much just watch it formulate your own opinion the only thing you've lost is a couple hours and like trust me there are worse ways to spend your time so i don't know for sure if you think if you think you have some feelings on it you have some potential feelings on it just watch something watch it watch whatever the, the the thing we encourage the most is like just try to have fun like these it's it's movies they aren't supposed to be taken seriously especially the ones that we watch well um you know 
if if movies are your you know if that's your fucking career it's a different story but even then i'm sure those kind of people will have days where they step back and go like no this should be fun and this should be enjoyable like so i'll tell you what go watch fear street 94 and 78 and then go watch pluto nash and tell me what you had a better time watching (laughs) (laughs) and i think on that note before uh, I have to think about Pluto Nash's fucking <laughs> dumbass and his and his fucking tuxedo. If you want to hear a a, like a real time example of someone having a slight change of heart over not so- liking something, go listen to our spiral review and watch me regale Joe with how much I love that movie. <laughs> you definitely go check that out. But uh, but yeah, hope you enjoyed this ripe review, and we will catch you on the third installment uh, for for Fear Street sixteen sixty six on the next ripe reviews. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show.